Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. Now, long-time listeners know the Guilty Feminist and I are long-time supporters of Morgan Lloyd Malcolm and especially her Triple Olivier award-winning play, Amelia. Guess what, Australia? If you've been jealously thinking, God, was a bit annoying, we can't see that. Now you can, especially if you're in Melbourne or can get to Melbourne, because it will be on at the Arts Centre Melbourne in the Playhouse from the 10th to the 27th of November 2022. And what's more, there's a Guilty Feminist ticket offer. If you put in GUILTY20, all one word, all caps, you're going to get a discount on those tickets. Do not miss it. It is a feminist fest. It is like church for feminists. It will blow the roof off for you. It's so much fun and it's so thrilling to watch. Get there if you possibly can. I'm a feminist, but on the way here, um, I had to take a taxi. And when I got into the taxi, the taxi driver was... Um, hot. Um, <laughs> he wasn't actually unhot. I'll, be, I'll give you that. But, Kima, he was um, snappy with me. Oh, which can be hot, but I guess you didn't find it that way. <laughs> well, I got in, and it was a black cab, and I, as I shut the door, I realised my dress was caught... 
in the door. So I said, don't move, like really quick, like just, I thought if he just takes off, my dress will rip, I will fall face down, like it will be an absolute disaster. Because sometimes they move off, they just don't really really realize. Let's go, you're inside. So I said, don't move, my skirt's in the door. And then I went to sort of turn around to open it, and then he put the brake on, I guess. So it jolted, and I went, don't move. And he went, I wasn't moving. I was putting the brake on. And I was like, okay, but I just instinctively needed to tell you, like, I didn't know if you'd heard. And, you know, like, and he was like, for God's sake. And he really ranted at me. And I was like, okay, but in that moment, so anyway, we had a bit of a falling out. And he was a jerk. And I was just like, you know, I was just in my head, I was imagining that he was like a men's rights activist type. Like he was just looking for an opportunity to be rude to women. And he was like, oh, why do you wear stupid dresses anyway? And, you know, like... You know they get caught indoors. Yeah. He was just like that. I just was like, oh, this guy, this guy. I really don't like this guy. So I didn't talk to him for the rest of the ride. I just was like working on my stuff and completely ignoring him. And I really wanted him to be rude as I was getting out so that I could make a little quippy comment. And I had planned a few, I'd workshopped a few in my head. <laughs> uh, and then he was really nice and went, I hope you have a lovely evening. And so I had to abandon my quippy comment and go, thank you so much. And thank you for getting me here. I really appreciate it. And he was like, no, thank you for calling the cab. And I was like, no, thank you for being a cab driver. We need more of them. There's not enough on London roads anymore. He was like, you know, Uber's put us out of business. And you know that Brexit? I was like, I do know that Brexit. And then we bonded so much, we virtually slept together. Um, So it was lucky he was hot in the first place. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me that he's here tonight. Oh, wouldn't that be great? No, but we were overly nice to each other at the end, and it's not how I thought it was going to go. So he was, I misjudged him. He was a nicer guy than I gave him credit for. Well, I'm now jealous of you guys' friendship. Uh, Sounds really nice. I mean, I've got his number. You have enough enough love to give. Um, I see we've got our Prime Minister for the day. So that's nice. Have you seen that? We've got a new one. We've got another in a series of prime ministers. Another in a series of prime ministers. Because this year, if you think there should be a fucking general election. <laughs> can you imagine if this were Labour doing this? It would just like, oh, no, one fucked up and is disgraced. And then one lasted 44 days. Should we bring the disgraced one back? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if this were Labour, what the Tories would be saying? It's very difficult to know why we haven't just sort of harassed them out by now. And I don't, I don't normally, I'm not in favour of harassment usually, but on this, I think it needs to be done when people are so entitled that they're clinging to power like a handbag in a crowded marketplace. It just does seem like, right? Right? I'm a feminist, but I didn't know y'all had a new prime minister until I heard you say it there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all you have to do is take a nap in this town. <laughs> Honestly, it's outrageous. It happened today, right, please? Yeah, it happened today. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It happened today. It happened today. It happened around lunchtime. Did it happen around lunchtime? Yeah, around lunchtime. Great. You, you know, all you got to do... So if you've do... had a nap this afternoon, you yeah. not looked at your phone, you can It's so much. Oh, uh, I just, you know, and I don't know if I should bother loading anything. How long will it last, you know? I mean, I'm hoping not till Christmas, because if it, if it goes before Christmas, there'll have to be a general election. 
I mean, I say that, lol. Why do I think they will? They could easily bring Boris back as a special st- stocking stuffer. We'll do what they want Sorry, do. I've made some members of the audience throw up there. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, is it my go? Yeah, why um, I'm a feminist, but I literally said out loud the other day, I can't wait till there's a white, straight, cis male home secretary again because he won't be able to hide behind his gender and race to make the cruelest possible decisions. At least he will have to own what he's doing and he might be a bit nicer because he feels too embarrassed to do the worst things to refugees. I can't believe, and I mean it, I can't believe that I I was looking forward to this white straight male home secretary. I, I, I will admit, I meant to look up before I came on stage who's Home Secretary at the moment, because I got the impression it was a white man. Does anyone know? You know I don't. <laughs> Somebody knows? Who knows? Yeah, Graham, Graham Shaft. Shaft. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Graham what? Grand Shamps. Grand Shamps. Grand Shaft. Okay. Grand Chance. Yeah. He's Gram Shams. He's 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 the whitest man you can imagine. Grand Shops? Yeah, Grand Shops. So I'm a feminist, but I'm gonna add that in like I knew it. Um, because you're not gonna tell anyone. We'll see and when it comes out any. on the podcast, people are gonna be so she's so well informed. Mm. I, I had an impression it was someone like him, but I just I should have looked it up. Okay. Um, so I was so thrilled when Grant Shaps was announced. <laughs> Because oh, my I, thought, Grant I thought, this guy, this guy, he's going to have to be nicer. He's not going to have to be nicer, of course. This is a vain hope, but it was just something I did. It was a little bit of maths I did in my head where I thought, is it possible that this man will be nicer? I'm sure he will be. Well, I heard Rishi Sunak say Is it possible saying, that this man will be nicer? What are you, me dating? <laughs> No, no. I, I. Why did you sound like Barbara Streisand then? <laughs> um, it was too real. I no. I mean, he won't be nicer because I heard Rishi Sunak say he is going to make it his top priority to get refugees to Rwanda. So, yeah, they're they're just a throbbing bunch of cunts. Yeah, I'm gonna go take a nap. Oh God. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a feminist, but when thinking about picking a costume for the upcoming Halloween celebrations, uh, I knew automatically that I was going sexy over scary. Um, People, there are lots of things to be afraid of in this world. I don't need to add to that. Um, And, you know, I feel like I can bring a different kind of holiday spirit Uh, by being hot, so that's kind of what I'm going to focus on. And I feel like you can get more treats like that. Um, Trick or treat, I say, you keep your trick. Treats for me, please. Thank you. uh, uh, What kind of uh, character are you going to go as? Do you have an idea yet? Yes. Okay, here's the deal. There is a main outfit inspired by the upcoming Little Mermaid, um, and so it's like a mermaid outfit, but I don't think it's going to arrive in time. Why didn't I pick the express shipping? Why? Why? Um, and so now, I don't know if that's real, but luckily, the same day, I put, see if you can guess this, an orange long sleeve top and a red skirt 
in my ASOS wish list, hopefully to be accompanied by long orange socks and glasses, so I can be Velma, so I think oh, it'd be sick. Okay, yeah. Velma from Scooby-Doo? But hot. <laughs> or Slutty Little Mermaid? A thousand percent. Okay, I can see you a Slutty Little Mermaid. I it's going to be an exciting time. Okay, all right. Well, I'm excited for Slutty Little Mermaid or Slutty yeah. Velma, either, so wi- either of which. I mean, and I use that term inclusively and embrace my inner I slut. I feel the warmth. Yeah. I don't know that I can get away with... The trouble is, in, in, you know when people on Halloween go slutty nurse or slutty this, that, mm. I don't think I get away. I think I'm just going to look like a nurse. <laughs> I don't think, what, what's going to tell the audience that I'm a slutty nurse? It's like... Well, that's I'm, the thing. But when you're... I just think I've got to look like a soccer mum nurse. And but... nobody wants that. No one asks for that. There's no category in the shop where it goes just yeah. matron Help, nurse. Like... <laughs> Helpful nurse, like nurse no. will save. But the thing is, that makes a costume extra realistic because when you are an actual nurse and mm. you're slutty, people can't tell. You just save lives all day. That's true. You know. That's actually so true. So maybe, yeah, maybe the real slutty because... nurse was within you all along. Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents. Uh, so here we are, live at the Guilty Feminist. Uh, we've got some incredible guests for you this evening. Um, I just can't wait till you can meet them because they genuinely are. It is, it's going to be one of the best shows we've had, I think. Uh, so I've been asking people around the country, in fact, around the world, uh, for a, an act of feminism they've done since I've seen you last. Is that the house lights down? That can't be the house lights down. I can see you all fully. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. The darker it is for them, the more fun it is for them. I mean, the truth is, I can still see you, but it feels less like I can. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those comedians that's going to come and shout at you for having a job. I, I'm not going to shout at you. Although, um, what's your name? <laughs> Yusuf. Yusuf. Excellent. Uh, do you listen to The Guilty Feminist, Yusuf? No. No. <laughs> what's brought you here? Are you pointing at women? <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I do not wish to project a gender onto you, just to be clear. Uh, but uh, uh, are you a man? Yes. Great, okay. Um, well, thank you so much for coming and being a feminist. I'm making that assumption. Are, are you going to say now you're not a feminist? No, I am. 100%. 100%. This man is 100% of a feminist. Thank you. How would I know you were a feminist, Yusuf? In, in the last month, I think you Wow. Yusuf is closing the gender pay gap on his own. So there were two women, and you, they came in, and they, asked, they, they negotiated their pay, and you said, I'm going to give you more than that. No, they had their appraisals. They had their appraisals. I coached them with the information that I had. They should be seeking more. You coached them. So you said, hey, at your appraisal, you're going to tell the bosses that you're worth more. And do you work for that company, or are you just trying to bring them under? You're the chief of staff. Okay, so you're allowed to do what you were doing. Just to be clear. You're not just sidling up to people going, 
You're not like a software developer just sidling up to people and going, you know, you're worth twice that. L'Oreal principle. Get in there and tell them without any real knowledge of what they're on. Um, you, you're the chief of staff. I have that information. You're chief of staff. That sounds like a job in the West Wing. It's really impressive. Less what? Less glamorous. What, what kind of organization is it? Network and education. Network and education. I work in education. You work in education. Okay, what's the network bit? I didn't say network. Oh, you didn't? Oh, oh, okay. What did you say at the first bit? You I just... work in education. Oh, I work in education. Okay. You work in education, and in, within that, you saw two people who should be being paid more, and you went and said, tell them you're worth this. They're going to have to pay you more. And then they came out, and what happened? Did they get the money they asked for? One secured and signed it, and the other one's still in the process. Yusuf, we thank you for your work, and we wish that the whole world were more like Yusuf. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, this, is, this is wonderful. It's not normally how it goes, I'll be honest with you. It's normally way funnier than that. Because uh, the man is usually a consultant, of, uh, and, and I say, how could you prove to me that you're a feminist without telling me? And then they go, ooh. I didn't hit on a woman on the way here on the bus, even though I wanted to. And it's really funny. But Yusuf has killed the comedy with good work. So, I, listen, no, Yusuf, Yusuf, I would rather you kill the comedy with good work. I can get laughs elsewhere and have. Just then. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> see? I mean, diminishing returns at this point. I see that. I see your point. Um, just give us a cheer if you listen to The Guilty Feminist. Woo! Give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. Okay, um, it's a podcast. I'll, you'll, it'll become clear. Um, uh, but yeah, I usually ask now for an, an act of feminism that will intimidate nobody. So that would be a bad example. Yusuf's act of feminism there, too good. Do you see? Other people are thinking, well, I've never got a woman more than she was getting before and made sure she's got what she's worth. Has anyone got one that they think, this will intimidate nobody? It's barely a feminist act at all. Anyone got one? No, you're all too good feminists. <laughs> Has anyone got a good one then? Has anyone got one that they want to share? Yes. I have one that is uh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Well, that's what we're looking for. I'm going to give you this, this microphone no, so you can tell us. What's your name? Sabrina. Sabrina. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I feed my cat, Sweetie, which is a woman, <laughs> female cat before my male cat. <laughs> you feed your female cat before your male cat? <laughs> what? Because you just think... Is, is this to fight to fight the patriarchy? <laughs> Meow too. I get it. I get it. I get it. So you just think boys get more. Fuck it. This is one way in which I can go. At least, at least she's gonna eat before him. That's all. I, if that's all I can change in the world, that's all I will change. That's yeah. Okay. All right. Well, see, that's a little thing, but it's sort of you know, it's like calling uh, the. The animals in the books when you're reading to a child is like calling them uh, female instead of male. Uh, has anyone got anything they'd like us to help with? Some feminism that they think, I need help. Uh, or I'd just like to tell you about it. Or it needs a plug on the podcast. Anyone got anything that they'd like to do? Anything they're working on? Anything you know about? Anything where you think, I wish things were a bit fairer over here. Yes, lovely. What's your name? Gina. Gina. Gina's got one. Thank you so much. Um... Hi, so I'm a fundraiser for this really amazing small charity called the Karana Trust, and we support local projects in India and Nepal, and a lot of them are supporting 
women, so supporting gender equality projects in India, Nepal, and now also Bangladesh. And the Bangladesh ones are more focused on climate change issues because that's a big thing now. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I'd just love people to look up the Karana Trust, which is a really, really great small charity supporting community grassroots projects. And do you need volunteers? Do you need money? What do you need? So, <laughs> yeah, both. So we need um, money. Who's and got we... money here? <laughs> Someone must have money. Not Yusuf, he's in education. He's, he's too busy redistributing it to women. He can't afford anything. Are there, just give us a cheer if you are a white straight cis man. Yes. Oh, just, did you say booze? You booed yourself. Yeah. Oh, you wooed unenthusiastically. You just went woo. You did a woo so unenthusiastic it felt like a boo. So like, oh God, in this room, is it because of me and what I'm going to say, or just generally how you feel about your kind? The, the latter. Okay. What's your name? Josh. Josh. What do you do, Josh? Software engineer. Josh has got loads of Josh has got loads of money. He's in the software engineering. Would you be able to give something to the Caroline Trust? Sure. Great. Thank you. Super. Um, and is there any kind of volunteering that he could do with software engineering? I'm not sure. Not sure. Okay. We'll we'll connect you. You connect in the yeah. interval. Excellent. So if everyone could give uh, give what they can and uh, say your name again, Gina. Gina. So find Gina in the interval if you think I'd I'd like to volunteer more. I'd like to know more about that. Just find Gina in the interval and she'll tell you all about it. Thank Big round of applause for Gina. <laughs> all right. I think we're ready to start the show. <laughs> so please welcome to the stage the one, the only, the incredible. The guilty feminist favorite, it's Kima Bob! Kima Bob. Hello, Deborah. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, It's just nice to be together, isn't it? I know. It? It's nice to be out in the real world. I'm really um, excited uh, to be here tonight because we have some incredible guests. Um, mm. We are already doing better than anyone who's been in government in the last 10 years. <laughs> Seriously, the competence that we have, I feel like, sometimes I do feel like if we, we have such incredible people in our audience, if we just shut the doors, we could solve about 25 to 30% of the world's problems. Oh, it's so, I just, every day you wake up and you, you open the phone and inside it's bad. <laughs> uh, it's very consistent. Uh, it's exhausting, and I say, no, thank you, but uh, you can't stop, you can't text stop to opt out of uh, <laughs> society. So. Wouldn't that be good, though, if you could just go just opt like, out, Ugh. or at least for days at a time, opt out for a just week? Just a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting pretty scary, but I do believe in the power of us. I do believe in, in the possibilities of things getting so bad that social change is, is kind of going to mm. happen. It's I giving tipping point. It is giving tipping know? point, isn't it? Yeah. It's, there's something going on now where I feel like we've gone from, what do we want? When do we want it? Into mm. enough. And, yeah. and I do think it's quite insulting in this country that we don't have a general election now that they're like, let another one of us have a go. One of the ones we rejected last it's time because so we as a party were too racist. It's so like, weird. They were too, the party was too racist to have Rishi Sunak the first time. So they let... <laughs> 
Let Liz Truss. Six more weeks. Yeah, they let Liz Truss absolutely tank the pound, did not know what she was doing, and then they're like, oh, okay then. Like, it's, this is our country. It's unbelievable what they think they can get away with. But in fact, they think they can get away with it because they can. Here they are getting away with it. It's happening in yeah. real time. Yeah, it's, it's happening in real time. And I feel like we're on the cusp of something, globally as well. I mean, you know, we're a very fortunate, we're in a very fortunate place, mm. relatively. Mm-hmm. But globally, I feel like we're edging on something. And I would like at some point to talk to you about soup and what your views on soup are. Great. Um, Is this not the time? Because... <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to say this. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White. With me is Kima Bob, and we're talking about Block 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I see people, because there's been a whole spate of, you know, today I think the waxworks of, of the Queen and... Um, the, no, the King... No, who is it now that we have? Okay. Is it the king and the queen consort um, mm. were cream pied or something, custard pied today? Um, there was... Then Wait, someone, someone pied them? Someone pied the waxworks, not the real oh. ones. Um, and then there was also, like, paint on something, paint on the front of Harrods. Soup on Van Gogh was the most famous yeah, one because that yeah. was the first. But there's been something on another so priceless exciting. work of art. Well, Germany. anyone can feel free to throw gummy worms at me. <laughs> uh, apart from your desire to have people throw gummy worms at you. <laughs> no, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm so torn about this because I think if I were writing a movie about the end of the world, I would, of course have people chaining themselves to banks and sticking themselves to valuable pieces of art saying, you have to, look, we are putting ourselves out of business. We're going to be extinct uh-huh. soon. So it's impossible to be this looking down the barrel of the end of the human race and for this not to be happening. And at the same time, I get very scared that in this country, they are bringing in more and more draconian protest laws. And because things like soup on priceless works of art is unpopular with the majority of people then they go, well, that's why we have to do it. And they're, they're stopping regular protesting. So the bill that Suella Braverman wanted to push through into law before she... I mean, it's so hard to push in bills into law when you're only in the job for three days. So I think that's why she didn't actually get it through. But someone else will, um, was saying, we can t- if we know you've been to a protest, you don't have to have broken the law. We just know you've been. We can contact you and say you're not allowed to go to any more protests. And if you're an agitator and you encourage other people to go, which I would come into that category, mm. we can um, electronically tag you. We can put, you make you wear an ankle bracelet. And because we need to know where you are at all times and we need to know that you're not agitating. And if we've told you you can't go to this protest, you just can't. Well, that's a police state. That's mm. really a police state. That Because like even if you have broken the law you should be freely able to go to another protest but if you haven't broken the law that's the new bill so I'm like so scared that they're going to and I'm not blaming soup at all I'm really not blaming soup I totally get why young people are throwing soup on things and I'm absolutely 100% get it and it would be weird if at this point in history people weren't throwing soup on Van Gogh's and I also am frightened that the unpopularity of soup on paintings is going to mean all protest is going to get shut down. Thoughts? Oh, I thought you were just asking how I felt about having a cosy, moist meal on a... 
I'm on oh, a full afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, no, I wasn't asking your opinion on the concept of soup. Yeah, just soup in general. I was like, that's a wild pivot, but I'm down <laughs> to talk about no, it. No, more the feminist angle on soup. But if you have another yeah. angle on soup, I actually, I'm really hot and I don't know if it's menopause or climate change. So genuinely, I that's don't know. Tough. I mean, yeah. it, could, it could be both. I'm a bit warm as well, if it helps. I think I'm going to have to take my boots off, because I'm... Okay. I Should really... I stall? Yeah, well, just tell me how you feel about the soup protesters. Great. <laughs> All right, this is something I've thought uh, about extensively and know everything about. So, like, hold me, uh, like, super accountable. Um, like, if I miss pronounced even the word soup like I want you to like, be like wrong because um, I care so much and know so much I, I, I enjoy the confusion that is caused um, I enjoy the fact that people are like I don't know why I should be paying attention to this but I am paying attention to this I feel like if awareness was what they're trying to do then good job soupies um, yeah I don't know. I don't really have big thoughts on it. But as far as uh, soup the food, um, <laughs> what I think is any meal that can be quickly prepared um, and also provide you with vitamins, nutrients, you know, and any meal that you can make in mass, right, in batch, and then store to then eat later, that's, that's high-quality stuff. <laughs> Um, anything you can make, you're like, oh, I make so much, you should give it to your neighbors. You know, now you're impacting your community, and that's the power of soup, I think. Well done, Kima Bob. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Please welcome to the mic the incredible Kima Bob. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Ooh. Oh, so, so wiggly. Um, hi. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, and I'm still, like, figuring out the bits of it. But I feel like this is a story that must be shared. And I'm going to do it now uh, because I'm bold. How about that? Um, so a few weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine was invited to an uh, after party for London Fashion Week, which was like so sick. And because we're besties, I'm her automatic plus one. Um, so I was so excited to join her. I've never been to an after party for an event. Are you crazy? Um, and so I was so excited. I had just hosted my own show. So I was wearing something uh, kind of like this, something that I felt very good and I felt very confident in. And I was like, mm, because um, I have found myself struggling over the years with like my masculinity, femininity, and how they like coexist in one space. Uh, and so I've been trying to find like my Luke now. I have, uh, I understand that like looking for your Luke is a very kind of, I feel like surfacy and like privileged thing to be doing. So I just want to acknowledge that before I continue to be very surfacy and privileged. Um, 
It's taken me a long time to figure out how I wanted to present myself to the world. So long that for a while, I just uh, couldn't figure it out, so I decided to not care. Uh, and after a while of not caring, I realized I was sad. And <laughs> it was coming from the outside in. <laughs> um, and so I decided to, like, give a shit. And I have to say, I do feel better, and I do feel like I found kind of my thing. So on this night that I was invited to this after party, I was in my style, okay? My drip, my swag. I was like, this is it. I walk up to the front of the line and I'm greeted by someone I can only describe as like a bouncette. Um, and I don't mean to overly gender the job of being a bouncer, but there were like bouncers behind her. Um, she was just kind of in front of them doing like a preliminary level of like judgment. Um, so she had like a clipboard and like a blazer, so we knew that she was official, but she also had on high heels and no pants so that we knew that she was cool. Um, and she was sizing me up. When I got to the front of the line, and she just goes, oh, this outfit, I'm so sorry. This, this outfit is not for the party, I'm sorry. It's not for the club. This outfit is for the coffee shop. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, for the coffee shop. Um, and I was stunned because I was like, don't tell me what beverages to have tonight. <laughs> I was like, what? I came here for a margarita. Um, she was like, this is for the coffee shop. And I was absolutely stunned. Uh, and I was like, what's wrong with my outfit? This is like my swag. I'm like doing my thing. These are my like she, they vibes. I'm serving it up. Um, but she wasn't having it. And I looked at her and I was like, okay, it's time to take this case to court. Uh, because I've been watching like She-Hulk a lot lately. And so I'm kind of a lawyer now um, and so I was like gavel gavel exhibit A to the court please and um, <laughs> I was like pull it out um, and so I was like what's wrong with the outfit please and she was like mm, these shoes they are not for the club they're trainers and I pointed to some bystanders close by and I said excuse me your honor exhibit B5 um, and I was like they're wearing trainers to which she replied they're men Men can't wear heels. It was insane. I thought the coffee shop was bad. I thought she was rude. Turns out she's also uneducated. It was insane. I was like, what do I do? Take this building to the ground? I was like, does anyone know how to do fires? Like, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. I was like, men can't wear heels. First of all, heels were invented for men. If you look it up on the internet, you'll find that heels were made to put on like riding boots so dudes can stay on horses or whatever. So, men can't wear heels. In fact, they've been doing it for a really long time. <laughs> also, I'm like, men in heels is great. Not only does it bring joy to many people, it also is like a billion dollar industry. A man in heels is telling millions of people, like, how can you love yourself if you're gonna love somebody else? Or like, whatever it was. Like, men in heels are doing great things. Also, I think more men need to be wearing heels. Yeah, I said it. I'm trying to see those legs elongated, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see those calves popping, fellas. I'm just saying. Oh, I was so, oh, so heated. I couldn't handle it. I turned away from the line with my coffee shop defeat. <laughs> but there, across the road, I saw a friend who was actually in the party, a man in heels, funny enough. <sighs> I said, 
darling, she won't let me in the party. Um, because that's how I speak to other members of the Rainbow Mafia. Um, and I said, darling, she won't let me in the, uh, she won't let me in the party. She said, my outfit is giving coffee shop. Um, and he was like, oh, but honey, this is your aesthetic. And I was like, thank you. This is the energy. This is the justice I need. Because she'll never understand. I, I don't have anything really against the bounce set. It's just that she probably operates in her area of like the gender expression spectrum and doesn't even know how to process where I am. And like, how do we do this? How do we like move forward as a society when this person thinks that my outfit is for the coffee shop? But if we were at a lesbian party, she would like be, she'd be like, bitch, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is insane. And I don't really know how to reconcile with it. All I know is that I don't drink coffee, but I do eat pussy, and that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Came up, up, everybody! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. The Guilty Feminist presents Camp As Christmas is coming on the 3rd of December at Queen Elizabeth Hall. I'm hosting with Tom Allen. Acts include Sophie Jukart, Daniel Fox, Larry Dean, Rosie Jones, Kima Bob, Russell Tovey and Rob Diamond and many more. It is going to be the night of nights. Everyone on the bill is LGBTQ+. And 100% of our proceeds go to the Say It Loud Club, run for and buy LGBTQ plus refugees. We are back at King's Place live on the 21st of November with our incredible guest, Seiyi Akiwowo. She's written a book on the subject of internet safety and she's here to tell us all about it. Do not miss that night. Uh, the second half of that show will be taken over by the Fock It Up comedy club. That's Kima Bob and Fock It Up Fox stands for Femmes of Colour. It's going to be an incredible night. That is also a podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist. If you could do me a favour right now, Go to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to or follow 
the Fuck It Up Comedy Club podcast and the Media Storm podcast. The Media Storm podcast, which is new from the House of the Guilty Feminist. Media Storm was only in their second season. Uh, they've already uh, won a number of awards, including a gold in the British Podcast Awards, and they're now nominated for a British Journalism Award as Best Interviewers. I really, really recommend uh, that you give them a listen because they're interviewing the people asked last, giving voice to the voiceless, and they're doing some very, very interesting journalism. We are also at King's Place on the 14th of December. We'll reveal our guest for that soon. For more information and to book, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. To support the podcast and get ad-free episodes, go to patreon.com slash guiltyfeminist. And if you could pop over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, you can review any latest episode. You can review every episode if you want. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It would help. If you could tell someone else about The Guilty Feminist, bring someone along to a live show, that would be an enormous help to keep the podcast going and support it. And now back to the podcast. All right. So it's time to introduce our guests. Uh, Block 13 is a community of mostly Ugandan, LGBTQIA plus adults and their children residing in Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. They each fled due to homosexuality being illegal in Uganda. Now they have banded together as a community to offer each other support and to increase safety through numbers. Their goal is to be resettled in a country where they are free to be themselves Please welcome Lucretia, Juliet, and Shifra. Hi. Hello. And we can see you on the big screen. Also, Chris, we met in Sydney, and uh, Chris has been supporting Block 13, so we'd love to see Chris as well. Chris, are you there? Yay. Excellent. Super. Um, so firstly, could everyone say hello? Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. What's this your is name? Lucretia, and happy being here. Oh, thank you so much. What time is it there? Um, it's now 10 um, 13 minutes past 10 p.m. It's dark, but we have oh. some good light specifically for the podcast okay. for this. Hey. Oh, well, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Could you please say your name for the podcast and for the audience today? Um, Lucretia. Lucretia Hi. is my name. Hello, Lucretia. Um, wonderful to Happy meet being you. Here. And you're from Uganda and currently living in Kenya, is that right? Yep, yep. A Ugandan. I fled three years back. Wonderful. To Kenya. Great. Um, and can we please meet Juliet? Hi there. Hey. Hi. Um, my name is Juliet. It's yeah, wonderful, wonderful Juliet, to meet you. And I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're so happy Thank to have you. you. And how long have you been in Block 13, Juliet? Yes, I'm in Block 13 since 2019. Uh, since 2019. So Four years right now. Um, and Shifra, can we meet Shifra? Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. Um, hello. Hello. Um, so I'm Deborah. This is Kima. Uh, thank you guys for staying up late to chat with us. And Chris, you're in uh, are you in Australia. Yes, Chris, you're in Sydney. Wow. Yeah. Where about? What time is it there? It's six fifteen in the morning. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry. Oh. Look at us coming together all across the time zones. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for getting up so early for us. So, Chris, could you tell us, just to give us a little introduction to how you met Block 13 and how you introduced us? 
I run a show here in Sydney called Queers of Joy, and it's a performance night for trans and gender diverse performers. And in lockdown last year, in 2021, in July, um, we took our shows online. And Lucretia, who is a human rights defender at Block 13, who regularly goes online and advocates for their community, um, contacted Queers of Joy Facebook page. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we got talking and we ended up having a, a WhatsApp call for an hour and she told us about their situation and then we invited them to come on the next show that we held online and we interviewed them and we started fundraising for them then and so we do a show every two months and so ever since then we've um, uh, they've done a pre-recorded performance video for each show and then we fundraise for them and we speak uh, on a Zoom call every two weeks as well and we have uh, formed a friendship over the last year and um, they're the most inspiring people I've ever met, not bitter, um, just full of love and hope and um, this keep, they've got so much energy to keep fighting for themselves and having a voice. So I'm very privileged to know them and I knew as soon as I met them, I knew that I wanted to somehow have you know about them, Deborah, because I knew that you would want to help too. So this is like a dream come true. Well, it's... it's. Um... When I saw the video uh, that you made, Lucretia, I was so impressed with um, the quality of the film and your, your storytelling. It was absolutely amazing. Could you please tell us a little bit about Block 13 and how you came to be there and, and what it's like? Well, um, thank you again. Block 13 is, is um, a community, is a community among the other refugees in the camp. Kakuma Refugee Camp is located in northwest of Kenya and it harbors almost 200,000 refugees. It's a home for us right now. 200,000 refugees in the whole yeah. camp. Wow. 200,000. 200, yeah. It's 200,000 refugees. And within that big number of different nationalities, different religions, ideologies, different backgrounds, that's where we also happen to call a home, to call Kakuma Refugee Camp a home. And within the Kakuma Refugee Camp, it's where we have the Block 13. It's Block 13 is just one of the very many other communities. We have Block 13, Block 12, and other blocks. So Block 13 is where we are staying. A group of 50, 52 plus LGBTI living communally, cooking communally, um, passing through the horrors and all the kinds of injustice as a communal, as a community enduring all sorts of homophobia as a community, defending each other, advocating for each other, being there for each other, and loving each other in solidarity. So, Lucretia, it's for refugees who identify as queer can go and live in the same block, and that's Block 13. How many people are in Block 13? We are around 52 plus right now. So there's 200,000 people in the whole camp and only 52 in Block 13. Wow. 
in the block 13 it's it's just 52 wow. but in the same block 13 there are other refugees but we live with there is a certain small compound um a small compound where we sleep because the camp has lots of other other communities other other LGBTI communities in other blocks and in block 13 it's where we also happen to live as a group in a compound and it's it's within the block 13 but the same block 13 there are other refugees not identifying as queer other refugees and we are living with them but we live as a group as a family uh, so within block plus. 13 there are lgbtq plus refugees who've chosen to live together but there are other people in block 13 um, yeah. And Chris told us that you'd had some uh, homophobic attacks. Could you tell us about that? Um, much of them. As I've just said, um, living in a place of 200,000 people, fleeing of different reasons, they grew up from different backgrounds. Um, they're having different ideologies, nationalities, religions, beliefs, cultural norms of which they tend to prioritize more when it comes to um, balancing of someone's sexuality or difference with theirs. So, of course, um, homophobia rises up as up, as in as soon as possible, it tends to rise up. Um, living in a community where someone prioritizes more of their cultural beliefs than what you identify as, of, of course, immediately, what has to come out is being beaten. Um, we have been burnt with fire. Our shelters have been destroyed by arson. We have properties destructed. And more so, we have lives that are being claimed. So far, one life has been claimed last year of an arson attack. A colleague, an advocate, a friend was killed by fire, just like that, set on fire alive and killed. And another baby, baby, baby girl was I'm so just sorry. killed. Juliet, just to bring you in, what's life like there? Are you scared all the time? Uh, do you have joy, both, either? Uh, actually, I don't know what even to think or to feel because being in Kakuma refugee camp is the worst thing which has ever happened to me in my entire life. The worst thing yeah, that's ever it's, happened? Like, it's the worst thing. I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, I have children, two children whom I came with. When we came, we were actually we came in Nairobi and we were convinced to be brought in the camp. So we were told that everything is going to be fine when we go to the camp, that we are going to have the security, we are going to have protection, we should have school medication, that everything was going to be fine. But all of it was in vain. We have never been fine since we came here. Our children are being discriminated. They are called evil children simply because they belong to LGBTIs. Our children have never gone to school. 
like normal school to social they don't socialize with the people the other children in the community they are being beaten they are being assaulted all the time so that has made us our children not go to school at all until when we got volunteers to help those ones who are little 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 ones those whom Shifra here managed to help and teach the little she knew from school because she also came when she she was a kid and she grew up here she's trying to teach so generally life in Kakuma is hard it's hard we are never sure of how it's going to be the following day we don't sleep because anytime we are attacked by homophobic people we don't associate with people we don't go to medical centers where UNHCR has prepared for everyone because they all know us they call us names they call us bad words mm-hmm. we are not being attended to like other normal refugees we are discriminated even the markets where we are supposed to buy things like food or day to day stuff so generally in kakumahia we don't even walk freely even if i'm going somewhere near here to shop i have to get a company of several people to escort me there or else i'll be beaten around the oh my god so kakuma is worse it's the worst thing like i say so yeah. and this is a this is a un un refugee camp yeah Yeah. Uh, it seems like the UN needs to be doing something. Yeah. Well, Shifra, can we come to you cuz you're teaching children there, yeah? Um I I came here in the camp when I was 17 by then. I was in high school in Uganda, but unfortunately, I had to flee from my home country. After finding out uh, like discovering and going through the situation here, um children uh, that are for lgbt lesbian mothers and others were not going to school because of the situation we are going through so with uh, some support from different peoples we managed to bring up a school and i started teaching them with um another colleague of mine um we have been teaching children from age of 13 and below but every day they keep on growing they grow and grow and we are also limited we did not have enough education from the schools we were in Uganda uh these children have been going through a lot of trauma um going through like nightmares during the night time because of the situation they are going through since they came here they have been seeing blood attacks being beaten abused on their suffering since the day they came in the camp and at times they feel like it's because um they are going through what they are passing through because of their parents and it is um a situation that is leading them to ex- go through a lot of um trauma um hate they hate themselves they hate the community and they hate everything 
So the school has helped them to live a normal life because we spend the whole day in class doing some activities, singing, um, drawing, painting, and others to make them forget about the situation they are living in. So you're providing <sighs> education yes, and entertainment and engagement for children who otherwise have basically terrible lives. What can we do to yeah. help? that? Because the EU know about you, right? And there are about 52 of you. Is that including the children? Yes. So the EU know about you. Why can't they just, or why don't they just ship you out and bring you to the EU? It's a challenge that we are still, um, like, it's something that we have, yet got, we have not yet received an answer for because it's a simple thing. EU knows about what we are going through, but the question is, what's still holding them back to make a clear step, a clear solution, a durable solution of just moving us out to somewhere safe? It's a question that we can't answer, but it's a question that you can help us get answers to from those authorities whom, you know, whom we entrusted our lives to, whom have a mandate to protect us and whom the EU has to pass through to ensure that we are protected and we are safely, like, safely moved out of here. So how can we help? Who, who should we be con connecting with? Amnesty International, the UN, the EU? Like, what, what would you like us to do? Because we have a lot of very activated podcast listeners who could get behind this. What would you like us to do? I'm actually, I was discussing with Chris about this and I was like, it's such a great opportunity to, to, you know, to create awareness about what we are going through via the Guilty Feminist podcast because it's a podcast with, with activists out there, with everyone knowing each and every resource that we might need. So if you're out there, you know of an organization locally here in Kenya, internationally, or anywhere in Africa, you know an organization that can best come for our help. You know of an organization, a politician, any activist, individual activists, NGOs, agencies, who can get in touch and engage with the authorities, with the Kenyan government and UNHCR, the UNHCR Kenya, the UNHCR in Geneva. Get in touch with them, engage with them, and come out with a solution Mm -hmm. with not excuses, lame excuses. So anyone can, can think of Amnesty International, local organizations in Kenya, if anyone knows about them, um, local and international, regional and African organizations. Chris, is there any way you can give us some links that we can follow so that we can make it easy for, or simple, it doesn't have to be easy, but it doesn't have to be simple, like straightforward, that we can, who is it that we should be writing to and speaking to and advocating for Block 13? Um, so uh, there's the um, Department of Refugee Services in Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, so their Twitter handle is at DRS Kenya. At DRS Kenya. Department of Refugee Services, DRS Kenya. Great. And the hashtag is free block 13, F-R-E-E -E block 13. Hashtag free block 13. Great. Um, 
you can also, um, we set up a website, freeblock13.com, which um, Lucretia and Shifra and Julia and lots of other people have been blogging. So they they control the back end of the website. And so you'll find a way that you could donate um, because they don't receive enough food from the UNHCR. And they also um, have to buy their own medical supplies because they don't receive adequate medical help when they do go to the hospital. So where should we go to to donate tonight? If you go on to freeblock13.com, their website, there'll be a link there. Freeblock13.com. So we'll see what else we can get going um, for you and see if we can come up with something that's engaging for our community where we can plug into you. We'd love to come and visit you um, if we can. If we can come and visit you, will we be allowed into the camp and to be able to visit you in Block 13? Frankly... If they know that you're coming into the camp to meet us, they would know that a lot is going to be exposed to the world. And they know that they can't stop you to expose them once they give you a chance to enter the camp. So we are not sure if they can actually allow you into the camp, but we can get ways. We can get ways of meeting you out out of the camp. So they, they sometimes the don't like you in the camp because they don't want things exposed. But you're, yeah, you yeah. you could find a way to meet us outside the camp, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, we'll, they we'll see are what we allowed to. They're allowed to leave the camp as long as you're back by 7 p.m. Isn't that right, Lucretia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they can go to the nearby town, Kakuma, and meet there. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Um, but in the meantime, we will really be working hard uh, to try and get more exposure and to try and put pressure on the EU to just bring you out. There's so few of you in a community of 200,000, say 52 people to be got out so that you're not, and your children are not being targeted in the way that you are. It's so important that we do it. Um, so uh, just our audience here tonight, this is just, you know, this is just a small part of our audience because we have a big international audience and a big audience in the UK. But um, I just wanted you to feel the love from the audience tonight. So we just want to say, Block 13, we love you. Um, And Love you too. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity of letting us, like, hearing us, giving us your ears. Yeah, well, we see... an amazing one at us. We see you, we love you, we care for you, we are not forgotten, you're not invisible, you're important, and we see you. And just this audience that's here tonight, will you all have a go at doing something this week for Block 13, whether it's writing to somebody, going on your WhatsApp groups and saying, hey, would you donate to this? We met these uh, women individually, and you know, could you consider um, Lucretia and Juliet and Shifra your friends now? and act the way you would if your friend was stuck in a refugee camp, being persecuted for being queer, what would you do if it was someone you loved, someone you knew, if it was your sister or your best mate? What would you do to get them out and see if you can do something this week to connect with them and make them know that they're not forgotten? Um, Would everyone be up for doing one thing this week? And if there's any supplies you need that isn't money but books or anything else that you need, you know, think about it. We can all put it on the show notes, what you need. 
Um, but if you'd rather just have money, it's probably easier. Um, you know, money's always good. Kima, is it? I mean, that's what I say every Christmas. Kima's a big fan of money. Um, loves oh money. God. Well, apparently so is most of the people that are alive. Uh, thank you guys for, like, sharing. And thank you for, like, fighting the fight that you're fighting. I know it's your life, but as, like, a queer black person, I really appreciate... Um, that you guys are standing strong together. Um, yeah, and we're going to do what we can to raise awareness. Like, just thank you for existing and being beautiful despite everything that's being thrown at you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Um, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? Any last things you'd like to say? One thing I would like to say is that thank you. Thank you, Chris. Um, Deborah, Chris, Chris asked me to let you know that he is your big fan. Well, Chris, thank you all for I'm your love. I'm also a big and fan of Chris and everything they're doing in Sydney. Um, with Queers of Joy, and um, I'm, I'm uh, right, right back at you, Chris. Um, but also I'm a big fan of what you're doing in Block 13, of all of you, because you're doing something much harder and much more consistently draining and much more powerful than anything that Chris or Kima or I are doing. So uh, we send you our admiration. We're fans of Block 13 and we, in the meantime of trying to get you out, we'll try and send you money as support. Um, thank you for carrying on. And we see you. We admire you. <laughs> Chris, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? I think Lucretia just said it. No, um... <laughs> Uh, just just um, thank you so much for this opportunity um, and thank you to the audience um, in advance. Um, actually being a contribution to someone else is so enlivening and so enriching and, act and just fulfills my life. So I see it as an opportunity every time I get to contribute to um, our friends here in Block 13. All right, well, listen. Also, since Chris won't do it, but I know what it's like to produce a live show, honey. If you're in, where is it, Sydney? Are you in Sydney? Yeah. yeah. Okay, if you are in Sydney, Australia, go check out Queers of Joy. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. Sydney listeners must go and see Queers of Joy. Chris, um, Yeah, we'll be two years old in December. And, uh, yeah, go and see Fuck It Up as well if you're in London. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it up. Kima's show, which stands for Femmes of Colour and also much. sounds like Fuck It Up. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> and is that podcast is from the House of the Guilty Feminist and the live show is a, a very good time and also features some queers of joy. We need to do at some point a queers of joy, fuck it up uh, crossover when, when, one of, when we're in the right hemisphere. I like it. And let's very much hope that the wonderful women of uh, yes. Block 13 can join us at some time. The joy will be, 
when we can get you on a stage with us. Wait, okay, before we go, also, I have a cousin named Lucretia, and it's not spelled the same, but it is Lucretia, and I just wanted to say that maybe you're my cousin too. <laughs> I mean, could be. You, you know could what? do like a 23 in me. But she has a twin <laughs> called Sucretia, and everyone was just switching the names. So there's a Lucretia out there, and there's a Sucretia out there. Okay, Same. all right. Just so you know, there's a Lucretia and a Secretia in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Big it up. Isn't colonization wonderful? Um, it's People wrought us so, it's wrought so many wonders. People all um, over the place. Indeed. Loving you all, and thank you so much for coming on The Guilty Feminist. You're amazing guests. We'll see you soon. amazing really really amazing and you just think day and night they are living in a situation with so many pressures and fears and it does put our problems into perspective that's not to say we shouldn't you know i'm not doing what about i mean we need to worry about the terrible things that are happening here as well but i do think it's useful to put it into perspective sometimes and go okay these are people with real problems and uh, urgent I just problems. spoke for like 10 minutes about how I didn't get into a club. <laughs> that, that, that's true, but it made good stand-up. That's the joy of the guilty feminist. We can do the guilty part, then mm. the feminist part, mm-hmm. and I know which part that was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, do we, should we do a little fundraiser for you? <laughs> so you could, if, if in your, that situation again, you can pull out like a tiny little fairy floss dress that you can sort of like, shimmy into. Me. Just like a holographic machine that makes you put on what the person in front of you yeah, wants is hoping to see. for. What exactly. is that? Everyone existing in society anyway? Aren't we all just putting on masks and costumes trying to get by? I think we should get back to soup. Um, all right, they're absolutely amazing, and I, I have nothing but admiration for them, and we must you know, do what we've said because I think if you're living at a camp and then you've seen an audience full of people say, yes, we will do something, all you're thinking about is, are they going to do it, right? Um, Do they mean that? And it's so easy to get on with your busy life and think, oh, I must do that and then forget. So firstly, I think what we should do tonight, um, it would be really great if everybody could do that very, very simple thing of adding DRS Kenya... And if you've got Twitter, at DRS Kenya and hashtag FreeBlock13. And if you could, you know, see what other tweets are there and maybe compose something yourself. Because even if they got, you know, a couple hundred tweets right now, they'd be like, oh, what's going on, right? Mm. So that will automatically cause awareness. Also, because you're all from London, loads of Londoners will start seeing FreeBlock13 and go, what, what is that? So it would be great if you could add FreeBlock13.com and say... Donate. So you say something to DRS um, and you're also saying something to your followers about maybe uh, uh, contributing something. If you have anything to contribute, I know life is tough at the moment, but if you, even if you have a pound or a fiver, um, if you have more than that, then that would be great too. Uh, but even if you can donate a very small amount, if we all donated a very small amount, that would instantly be more. We, we raised money in Sydney 
and uh, they made us an amazing video which said, which we'll add to the podcast when it goes out, where they said they spent it on sanitary products because they said that's a real luxury for us to have sanitary products. So whatever you were going to buy this week, however many, you know, flat whites or, you know, just have one fewer flat white and have one of those crappy coffees at the office that you hate. And that's going to make a big difference to someone who isn't, you know, to your friends who you've met now in Kenya who, you know, can't necessarily afford a tampon or a moon cup or whatever. Um, so get involved because it does make you feel good. And if you start a relationship, you know, we'll feel together a sense of community. A lot of what I think is lacking in our lives when we're just doom scrolling is purpose and connection. And I think our relationship with Block 13 is really going to provide that as well as actually doing something. Sometimes it's really easy. Do you ever think, like, what am I really mm. doing? And you're sharing things. You think, what am I really doing? How am I changing anything? This is a way to really change something. Um, so I'll, I'm going to talk to Amnesty, Amnesty Nob about Block 13 and see if we can get something going. Kima, for the listeners at home, do you have anything to plug? Uh, the Films of Colour Comedy Club is going to Shoreditch Town Hall on December 7th. So if Yay! you're free, um, come and it's going to be uh, fun and we make that podcast so you can listen to that, please. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Fuck it up, Comedy Club. Um, there's another thing you could really do to help me out um, and uh, it's, you know, we're really just kind of coming out of this period of people going to coming back out and re-engaging and it's been very disruptive. If everyone could get their phones out now, do you all listen to podcasts? I mean, that's why you're here, most of you. You listen to this one. But wherever you get your podcasts, could you just bring that up and then could you just um, follow or subscribe? It depends on how your mechanism works. If, you, if you're on Apple Podcasts or my app, I don't really know what it is. I think you follow now rather than subscribe. But whatever it is that you do, could you look it up, the Fock It Up Comedy Club? Is it called Fock It Up? The podcast F- is called Fock It Up. Fock It Up. F-O-C-I-T-U-P. So just for Fock It Up. And if you could subscribe or follow, that's really going to help. Um, even if you don't listen, that helps us. But, don't, but do listen. And the other one is Media Storm. Um, and then it'll just remind you, and you'll go, oh, yeah, Media Storm's also by the House of the Guilty Feminist, and it's investigative journalism giving voice to those who are usually asked last. So if it's about sex workers, they're actually talking to sex workers about their expertise. If it's about, you know, refugees, they're talking to refugees about their expertise, not just, oh, here's a bunch of other people, and then here's a trauma porn story. It's not like that. So if you could listen to both of those, give each episode one or two listens, because I really am convinced you're going to be addicted to one or both. I would say if you would want to listen to a media storm, then if it gets a little heavy, just follow it up with a little fuck it up. That's a good idea. Yeah, Absolutely. Nice sandwich so like a pudding yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, I love Where that. Like, Ooh, that was rich. And then you're like, I need something light and ridiculous. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so if you've just if you've just followed both of those, that would be amazing. And if you could Thanks. maybe go into your WhatsApp groups and go, hey, this is, these are really good. Like, this is crazy. If I listen to every episode, they just lie to your friends. Um, yeah, or go on Instagram or whatever you do, whatever the young people do, TikTok. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me,
men don't touch each other, but we can touch each other because we have automatic consent. We've already agreed. We've agreed. We agreed backstage. Anytime you want to touch me, lick me during the show. That's she cool. said she was like, please, anytime during the show. I was like, Deborah, relax. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I'm, uh... The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 